Hello and welcome to Moving Minnesota Forward. I am your host, Angel Livis, and this show is all about how we can move Minnesota forward through educating voters on the issues relevant to the Black women and men in Minnesota, and it's sponsored by John S. and James L. Knight Foundation and produced by Visibility Matters. Today, we are excited to share excerpts from the Minnesota Moving Forward panel, which is a production of the very organization that produces Moving Minnesota Forward. You like that little play on words? Well, today we have the privilege of learning about the organization's fearless leader and the moderator of the Minnesota Moving Forward Talks. She is none other than my friend, Meredith Moore. Throughout today's show, you will be formally introduced to Meredith as well as one of the event's panelists, Mr. Marcus Owens. I don't want to take away too much time, so the next voice that you hear will be that of Miss Meredith Moore. Hi, and welcome to Minnesota Moving Forward. I'm so glad to have you all with us today and to be able to um, provide a resource for our community as we work on recovering and rebuilding and restoring our community. My name is Meredith Moore Crosby. I am a proud Minnesotan and founder of Visibility Matters, an initiative that really is focused on creating opportunities for 2020 and beyond. Uh, as a communications expert, it is my civic duty, I believe, to use my gifts to serve my community. And so I help through forums like this to teach you how to advocate for yourself, grow your platform, and mind your business. So I had the opportunity growing up here in Minnesota um, to really understand the unique challenges that we face, but also the incredible opportunities that we have when we're a part of a smaller community where really everybody does have a voice, everybody does have a say. So before we get started, and as we have people continue to join, so if you heard a little chime, those are folks joining us in. Um, this is really is an intimate conversation because I grew up here. My father moved here in 1968 um, from San Francisco after graduating from Howard University because he thought that this was a place where his family could have more opportunities. And he did that in starting Leverett Weeks in 1973, a company that I now run. And in the 70s, it started with access to funding. In the 80s, it was about leasing and real estate. And in the 90s, he was the minority owner of the Minnesota Twins when we lifted up Kirby Puckett as number one and we won two World Series. And so I really grew up here understanding what it not only takes to be successful, but also the challenges we have when we're the only in the room and we're being called on to represent more than just ourselves. So I went to Breck School I'm proud Brett graduate. That is what all of my dad's hard work went to fund. And as a part of that, he always used to tell me that I had just as much right as the white kids to be able to push back, to really advocate for my own learning. And that is what I did. I started Breck's service learning program and I worked with our first full-time diversity officer, Ms. Dina Randolph, before she passed away a year later because the stress of being the only can literally kill us sometimes. But losing a mentor and a teacher at a young age really pushed me into leadership in a way that I did not know it could. And so my sophomore year in high school, I was selected by Steerstep Foundation to go to Ghana with a cross-section of women leaders from our community. Everybody from a federal judge to educators to police officers. And while I was there, I had the incredible experience of being in a marketplace and being literally picked up by an elder and given a name. 
and being told never to forget who you are. And when I asked the guide, what does this mean? Doesn't this happen to everybody? He said, no, it means that you have a spiritual calling on your life and the elder realized that. And so I've always taken my leadership in this community very seriously. I've always taken my role of stepping in when others start to step out incredibly seriously. And so with the recent incidents in the Twin Cities, I wanted to convene the people that I know have been leading from the beginning, because I think that it's important that our membership organizations that are dedicated to African Americans can be leaders in what our national organizations do moving forward. I don't know about you, but I'm a little bit tired of all of the uh, anger. I I'm tired of, of the messages of outrage and I'm ready for us to do something different. We've known the answers that this community needs for a long time, but we might not have had the energy, the support, the numbers for us to be able to make a difference. So Minnesota Moving Forward came out of that. I decided to pick myself up off of the floor, make a couple of phone calls, and I'm so grateful to today's panelists who responded to the call. So for those of you who are less familiar, uh, today we're going to do part one, which is around resisting hatred. We have invited our membership organizations that you may or may not be familiar with, but I think it is important to honor the fact that despite us having small numbers here in the Twin Cities, we have incredible representation of organizations that can help us, that, that do have um, roots in making a difference, in advocating for our children, for our women, and for our men. So I just wanna give you a little bit of background because uh, as they say in the streets, we're not new to this, we're true to this. Amen, somebody. So, uh, Sigma Pi Phi Fraternity, uh, also known as the Boule, is the Council of Noble Men. It is the nation's oldest African-American Greek-lettered fraternity, founded in 1904. Its membership consists of some of the most accomplished, affluent, and influential male leaders who are making lasting contributions to their communities, society, and their world. Jack and Jill of America was founded in 1938 in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, when 20 mothers came together to discuss creating an organization to provide social, cultural, and educational opportunities for youth between 2 and 19 years old. Now the organization has 247 chapters nationwide, representing 40,000 African-American families, and I'm honored to serve as legislative liaison for City of Lakes chapter. The Lynx Incorporated is an international nonprofit corporation established in 1946, and it's the nation's oldest and largest volunteer service organization. The membership consists of more than 16,000 professional women of color in 288 chapters, 41 states, including the Bahamas and the UK. We're committed to enriching, sustaining, and ensuring the culture and economic survival of African Americans and other persons of African ancestry. Many of you might be familiar with the Divine Nine, many of which are from Howard University. Bison, you know. So <laughs> we are representing collegiates who decided either in college or in graduate chapters to commit to a life of service, starting with Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity Incorporated, which was founded in 1906. We are blessed to have all of these organizations here in the Twin Cities. We are fortunate to have many of us represented on today's call. And so I am excited to have everybody here and participating. I, again, am Meredith Moore Crosby. I'm president of Leverett Weeks, um, one of our few African-American businesses that are still here and thriving in the Twin Cities. Uh, I'm author of Getting Unstuck, A Guide to Moving Your Career Forward, past executive of McDonald's Corporation, 3M Corporation, and Comcast, and 
I'm a member of the Lynx Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated and City of Lakes Jack and Jill of America, which is one of the reasons I wanted to host this forum because honestly, I got a little tired of being the only one in the meeting that knew these incredible people and reached out to them when our community is in crisis. And even when it's not, I mean, that is really how relationships are built. We have to care about each other more than when the national news comes into town. I also am a trustee of the FR Bigelow Foundation, which focuses on funding here, particularly in St. Paul and the East Metro. I'm secretary of the board for Jeremiah Program, a non national nonprofit dedicated to supporting single mothers and their children and alleviating poverty two generations at a time. I'm a past member of Forbes Coaches Council and amen, graduate of Howard University and a master's of managerial communication from Northwestern University. So again, my gift to the community is to use those skills, what I have gained because of the foundation that I received here in the Twin Cities to be able to help our community during times like this. And next up, we have Mr. Marcus Owens. Marcus and I go way back. We were joking beforehand that Marcus and I have been friends since high school. My dad wouldn't let me go over north, so I made some friends who helped me get in. But also, I think for everybody listening who has kids in, in private school, you know, if you're going to be a part of the community, you have to be a part of the community. And this idea that there are places that we cannot go, that there are places that you are less safe is just simply not true. You know, the problems that we face are problems that we all face. And so I am so excited. It has been an honor and truly a pleasure to watch Marcus continue to invest here in the Twin Cities. He's been recognized as a 2017 Bush Fellow. He currently serves as Executive Director of the African American Leadership Forum. He's the past President and CEO of Northside Economic Opportunity Network and in a past executive at Target and TCF National Bank. He's a proud graduate of Metropolitan State University and holds an MBA from University of St. Thomas. Thank you for being here, Marcus. Thanks for having me. How can we support our community organizations? And Marcus, I would love for you to come on and tell us about your experience with African American Leadership Forum, what you've seen, and how we can be helpful. All right, well, thanks for having me again. This is a, a fantastic opportunity just to talk to community. Um, the past couple of weeks have been just uh, a whirlwind of activity and it's all, I think, coming to a point of where we've been for our entire existence here in this country. So um, not just a moment, but it's, uh, it's an opportunity for us to really go to another level as a community. Uh, so I've been the executive director for the African American Leadership Forum now, uh, coming up on two years, I actually am celebrating my second year, July 1st. So I'm really excited to have, to be here in this role at this time, because it's so critical and so important because this organization was founded with the concept of really taking our, our community to the next level. Uh, when a bunch of thought leaders came together about 13 years ago and said enough is enough, let's use our social and financial capital to really take it to the next level. So I'm the, the, the third, I guess, installation of an executive director for the organization. And really over the last two years, we've been trying to build capacity and infrastructure so that we can be a hub for the community. Um, what we do in our sweet spot is convene, collaborate and champion um, efforts to really change in education, economics, health and wellness and in family and culture. Um, over the past two years with that infrastructure and capacity, we've built a staff of about five individuals right now that operate various programming in the form of leadership uh, development. So uh, when we talk about leadership, we have an ethos of leadership and that there are four personas of leadership. You could be a thought leader, uh, an influencer, a builder, or an ambassador. 
And we see those as four types of leaders that actually interact with each other throughout the community and not one is more important than the other. Uh, within that, we wanna develop those leaders. So we wanna get them connected as well. And part of that is becoming a contributor to the forum. And when you become a contributor of our, our network of 1500 leaders, then you start to say how you wanna to contribute to community. Within that, we have a leadership academy named after uh, Dr. Josie R. Johnson. Uh, we're on our sixth cohort this year. We have uh, 18 fellows that are going through leadership training, um, community connections, and then overall um, um, community leadership training as well. And so we wanna get them connected so that they can get into our collective impact, which is our second pillar of activity. That second pillar really is about bringing the, the thought leadership to uh, community problems. And we use these fellows as leaders in their own way to say, what are the issues that we wanna focus on this year? And then who are the people already in community focusing on those uh, issues? How do we provide capacity? And then things that can be installed into their organization so that they can take it to the next level. Then our third pillar of activity is narrative. It's really important for us to tell our own story. Many times the media or others tell our story without our, our insights or without our input. So we wanna change the narrative and we do that through various uh, convenings of town halls, which you may see on our uh, bi-weekly town hall on our Facebook page. Uh, and then you also see our podcast. We have uh, Dr. Sylvia Bartley as a host. Uh, so a lot of ways that just get people connected, but then also be a hub so that people can come in and then put information in, resources in, and then we can get it out to where it needs to go. That's awesome. So Marcus, what I heard you say is for those of us that are might be already in other organizations, joining the African American Leadership Forum is a great way to figure out how do you activate your specific talents and tools and how do we get connected to you so that you know what we do, how to use us and when to convene us with others that we might not know yet. Is that fair? Exactly. Awesome. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. Is there anyone who shouldn't sign up? I mean, are all African-Americans, are, are all of us welcome? We're all in. There, there's not, a, a leadership is not a position. It's a, it's a characteristic. It's something that you carry within you and you use the skills and experience you have to actually bring that back to the community because we need all of us in. I love it. I love it. I also love the piece around narrative because I know myself as a writer, sometimes you feel a little bit like, well, I can't. There's so many things I can't do. Going back to the question of when people come in from the community or even what I've heard this week, which is, well, I can't protest, but I, what can I do? So it sounds like you already have a number of things that you have been doing. And I know that you've also been very active with COVID-19 and our response there. Can you yeah. give us just a little bit about how uh, African-American Leadership Forum has been responding to that need at the same time in the community? Yeah, so three months ago now, it's, gosh, I can't believe it's been that long. Uh, we gathered the organizations that support our businesses in the community. So there's the Black Chamber of Commerce, there is the Black Women's Wealth Alliance, there's the Social Impact Strategies Group, Neighborhood Development Center, NEON, which I was formerly at, West Broadway Business and Area Coalition, Just Law and Gravity, all organizations that are Black-led and Black-serving. And we said, okay, you all, businesses are getting hit right now, we have to close. What are you hearing from your clients? What support do they need? We conducted a survey of 95 businesses, and then our job as ALF is to go out and then start to advocate for resources. So we're talking to the state, we're talking to the county and city to say that our, our businesses are hurting right now, we need support. You know, we know when um, the Paycheck Protection Program came out, we were the last ones in line to get that money, right? So, Amen. Out, right? How do we get resources so that the businesses that 
um, didn't get it the first round, got relationships with banks, started to get resources for processes and things like that. And then coming out of that, we said, all right, now that we're done with the crisis, well, we thought we were, how do we start to think about recovery and then getting into that thriving stage, right? So one of the, the, the projects we call it right now, because as this collective forms, we're starting to form an ecosystem of support, right? And we're saying, well, let's start building projects that can live in these organizations long-term. So we're building a marketplace right now. So we knew one of the things, if you're going to open a business that's customer facing, you're going to need PPE supplies. So, mm -hmm. you know, personal protective equipment. And as we talked to businesses, we said, well, where are you going to get that? They said, well, I went to Home Depot, I went to Target. And we know as a business, that's not sustainable because that's retail price, right? And that the markup is too much. So we're thinking, wait, haven't we always talked about a cooperative buying place? What if we could buy in bulk and then we can create a marketplace that would sell below market so that our businesses didn't have to bear the brunt of the, the cost and then and or pass that on to the customers, right? So it's not enough to just give capital, but it's like, how do we reduce the cost so that when they use that capital, it can be spread across many things for infrastructure. So we're working on that and then doing a one-on-one -on -one, uh, mentoring match. So one of the things that black businesses across the country talk about is the lack of mentorship. They're usually on their own. They don't have, you know, family that was business owners in the past or relationships. So we know we have all these, you know, folks in our network that said, you know, I want to give back. I want to get in. Well, this is a real opportunity to get matched one-on-one -on -one for a long-term relationship. We don't need you to be the business advisor. We don't need you to be a coach even. Just be a mentor. Talk to them about business. Help them work through and strategically solve their problems. So that's one it. of the things that we're doing in, as it relates to uh, COVID. Now with this whole other situation, we, we're talking about recovery and building up our, our uh, businesses that are on main streets that have been decimated. And, and that's a whole nother thing that we're talking about how to respond to. I love it. No, you hit on so many important topics. I know I am often talking to corporations about how everybody needs a mentor, a sponsor, and an advisor. And as somebody who is a second generation in business, I can tell you while that advice is not ever pleasant to take, it's mm -hmm. always very relevant. I mean, the things yeah. my father has told me has been like, Jiminy Crickets, give me a chance here, man. But, right. <laughs> you know, you think that others get that advice, and so they have that to inform the decisions they make. So whatever it is they do, at least you're prepared. And I think you brought up a great point about a lack of relationships with banks. One of the things that I heard going around was on Blackout Tuesday, you know, like, go get in with a black bank. Well, it's easier said than done when you don't have one in state. You know, there's a lot of requirements in that. It's very difficult as a business owner to make those deposits, withdrawals, to have the flexibility that you need. And when it comes down to something like getting payroll protection, you're not physically, I mean, I had to go to my bank and knock on the door to be like, remember me, the one black person you have? What yeah, about me? Yeah. yeah. And you know, and to that point, the one thing that's long-term, obviously right now we're in this little, this flash moment, right? But yeah. long-term, the thing that we've actually been working on is a concept around an intentional community where we own and operate everything. You know, we're loosely calling it by the block right now, but we're yes. saying, look, what would the infrastructure look like if we had a fund that actually we were able to leverage to buy the real estate in the community we wanted to be in. And then we got the density of activity around real estate and businesses and housing and education and spiritual and entertainment. We don't have that in the Twin Cities. There's 250,000 black people in the Twin Cities and we're not, we don't own one community. So what would that look like, right? And then what would it look like if we were to pool our resources together and give people opportunities to actually invest their dollars in community and got a return? We're not asking for charity, we're asking for investment in each other so that we can actually build a community because ultimately that's where we win. 
we don't mm -hmm. ask for handouts. We want to build and be able to get our, as the Reverend Al Sharpton said yesterday, is people's neck are, you know, knees off our neck. Yeah. All right. So it, it's a long-term strategy, but coming out of this moment right now, it's time, to, it's time to accelerate. Let's get it moving. Okay, Marcus, what's one action that we can take today? The, the reality of this is, is that we need everybody in, right? And no one's too big, no one's too small. And in order to, to do that, you got to talk about how ready you are to step in. Because everyone's not ready, and that's okay, mm -hmm. but you have to get ready. You have to be whole, you have to be healthy, you have to be thorough, and you need to be willing to step in and next to each other so that we can lock arms and move forward. Um, the, the, the simplest thing that you have to ask yourself is, what do I have to offer? Who am I? What do I bring to the table? And the, the simplest way that you can do that is, is come to the African-American Leadership Forum and become a contributor. We ask people to provide either their time, their talent, or their treasure. And that's both financial and non-financial. You have connections, you have uh, ability to connect things that other people can't. But become a contributor so that we know who you are and that we know that you're ready to get in, right? Um, it's as simple as that because we have organizations that need us. We have um, mentors and mentees that need us. We have youth that need us. Um, and everybody has to play a role. It could be a small role as just saying, hey, you know what? You show mug shots of black people, not white people. That's an action that's very necessary. And you can be the person that changes the law, like our, our representative that was on here. But whatever it is that you do, know that you're, you're contributing to the community. And it's one step at a time. You know, we've been fighting for a long, long time. And we've been fighting against the system. But we have to realize that we also have a system within our community and how we interact with each other, how we think about the, the, the neighborhoods that we move to and the schools that we put our kids in and the places that we shop and the places that we get entertained. Like all of that is interacting with our community. And if we're truly gonna be a community, we have to think about a new way to do it. And it, and it starts today, it starts right now. It started a long time ago, but this is it. There's no more excuses. So, so I, I, you know, just really just like knock on your door right now and just ask you to step up, step in, because there's not going to be another time like this. Or if we do, it's going to be like double dutch and we're going to be waiting a long time to get in. So step up, step in, become a contributor today. Well, it looks like we all have a role to play in moving Minnesota forward. Are you ready? If you would like any of the resources mentioned during today's show, please text ADVOCATE that's A-D-V-O-C-A-T-E, to 66866. You're going to text ADVOCATE to 66866. Or if you would like to just learn more about the work of Visibility Matters, please visit visibilitymatters.us. All right. That is our show for today. A special thank you to our sponsor, John S. and James L. Knight Foundation. And in case you missed it, this right here is a production of Visibility Matters. To learn more about our services, please visit visibilitymatters.us and be sure to connect with us on our social platforms at visibilitymatters.us. All right, that is our show for today. We look forward to seeing you same time, same place next time. Until then, I'm Angel Livis, signing off.